Well, welcome, no matter where you're watching from. Super excited we get to be together. And I want to give you a heads up. Coming in September, I am going to do something I've wanted to do. I'm going to preach in the book of Isaiah. We've got a journal that I want you to get. You have from now until September to order it, but the sooner the better. Uh, go to Amazon, or Amazon.com and search Chuck Boer. And so search Chuck Boer, it'll pop right up. And, and I want you to get one of these journals. I really believe that you're going to understand the book of Isaiah, maybe for the very, very first time. Uh, Isaiah is one of the most incredible books in the Bible. 66 chapters of vision, 66 chapters of power, 66 six chapters that, have, that really, really help us to get to know Jesus like you can't imagine. Believe it or not, get to know Jesus. Isaiah saw him. Now I, I'm going to, I'm in awe of that. Isaiah saw Jesus. Isaiah heard Jesus, and he tells all about it in his book. So what I want you to do is grab this journal, Isaiah, the book of the king, the book of Jesus. And so go to Amazon and get that now. Then you also need to get in a Q group. Uh, what's a Q group? It's a, it's a life group. It's a quarantine group. It's people that you're willing to share life with at such a time as this. It could be virtually, it could be uh, together physically, it could be a hybrid of the two. But you know what? We want to help you get in a Q group. And I know some people in the chat have already said they want to get in a group. So what you do is text GROUP to 69922 and you could get in a group. And by getting in a group and getting a journal, you'll be ready in September to uh, just be amazed at Jesus in an incredible way. So I'm super excited for that for you and super excited for you to experience that. But right now, I want you to think about something with me. The Bible teaches that there's a, an experience you have with God called the filling of the Holy Spirit the filling of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to understand what it is and I want you to understand how it happens and I want you to actually experience the filling. Let me pray for you as we dive in. Father, I pray right now that you would open our eyes to this incredible, wondrous gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit of you, Jesus, in us through the Spirit as he moves, as he works, as he empowers as he guides, as he overwhelms fear, worry, so many of those other things so they go away. And I pray right now for people who need that and for all of us to have it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So I don't know how you were when you were a kid. I'd like you to think back all the way back to fourth grade, fifth grade, uh, your fourth, fifth grade years. What was it like for you? Well, I remember for me, my dad pulled up in the driveway with a brand new Ford Mustang. Uh, it was one of the first Ford Mustangs out. My, my friends and I were in awe. My sister and I couldn't believe it. And so my dad gets out and we run out there and we're getting around the car and, and he lets us get in. I get to get behind the driver's, uh, behind the wheel in the driver's seat. And he let me put on this thing. Okay, this is going to blow your mind called a seatbelt. <laughs> we didn't have those back then. We put on a seatbelt. My dad was in the Air Force. We were at Edwards Air Force Base. I felt like I was going to fly a rocket or something sitting in that Mustang. And I remember feeling like one day I get to grow up. 
One day I get to really live life. One day I get to drive a car like this. And, and I thought, I can't wait. And so my friends and I, we're in fourth and fifth grade. We couldn't wait to grow up. I'd wait to drive cars. <laughs> and, and maybe you weren't this way. My friends and I, we were into girls. Uh, there was a high school girl that lived on our street and she was hot. And, and, and we would uh, watch her go by and think about the day that we could be in high school and have girlfriends and play sports and do all those amazing things. Because we thought when we grew up, life would be incredible. So you know what? I even wanted to have a job. I wanted to have a house. I wanted to have, get married. I wanted to have responsibilities. And I was in fourth or fifth grade. And then it happened. I grew up. And I want to tell you something. Now that I've grown up, I don't want to go back. I think a lot of people wish for those days of no responsibility, wish for those days where your parents took care of you, but not me. Man, when I finally got to experience all those things I was looking forward to, I, I, I thought it was amazing. I think it's amazing now. I love the life I have. I love the wife I have. By the way, you guys, I got the hot girl. Pam, I know you're watching. <laughs> all you guys who know Pam, put it in the chat. I got the hot girl. And, and you know what? Here's what you guys need to know. Pam is like fine aged wine. <laughs> she gets better with time. She gets better with time. And, and you know what? Is I, God gave me the life I have. He gave me the wife I have, the family I have, the church I have, and even the job and the responsibilities. God gave me the joy and the struggles. And I love both. God gave me the challenges and even has brought me through some times of failure and carried me to the other side, and I love it all. And living life with God is that amazing to me. And here's what I want to ask you. Uh, see, the reason my life is so awesome is God. Not because I'm perfect, not because, by the way, here's what you need to know. It's not even I deserve it. God just does it because that's called grace. And God has given me this power from the Holy Spirit that is beyond anything I can imagine and, and lifts me up and carries me through. And I want to ask you, is that a description of your life? Is that a description of your life? Because I think what's happened right now in this COVID crisis, let me say this, is a lot of people are finding out that while they may believe in God, maybe some of you don't, but even while they may believe in God, you're not experiencing that power. You're not experiencing that, that flow from the Spirit from on high that envelops you and is within you and lifts you and carries you and guides you. And so you know what I thought? I need to talk about it. I want you to know about it. I want you to have it. In such a time as this, we need it. And by the way, uh, being a Christian for me is more than I could have ever dreamed or ever hoped for. But too many people and I'm not trying to say guilt. I'm trying to ask you, which one are you? Are you saying, man, life is more amazing than I could ever imagine? Or do you go, you know what? I thought it would be better. I mean, I'm, I'm glad I'm a Christian, but I thought it would be better. I thought it would be different. I thought it would be more. I've even had some people get honest and say, Chuck, is this all there is? And I'm like, no, if you're saying, is this all there is? It's, you haven't got it. And more than that, it hasn't got you. It hasn't got you. See, the promises in the Bible, for some people, they don't make sense. 
Dr. Carolyn Leaf's going to be with us uh, this Sunday. I can't wait for you to hear from her. But Dr. Leaf talks about something called cognitive dissonance. Uh, cognitive dissonance. And what is that? That's where when you, you say something or believe something's true, but you don't experience it, it creates a dissonance within you, a confusion within you. A, a, a chaotic feeling, a, a feeling of something's off, something's wrong. And so maybe you're someone who reads the Bible and you read a promise in scripture and you go, okay, I believe it because it's in the Bible, but it's not true in your life. And what does that do? That doesn't give you peace. It doesn't give you joy. It gives you a dissonance within you. And, and what I'm trying to get to is this. If you have the filling of the Holy Spirit, if you have the power of the Holy Spirit emanating within you, you're going to find the promises you read about are true. And actually, they're better than you even thought. They're more amazing than you thought. And, and I want you to know that. Jesus wants you to know it. Let's look at one of those promises that a lot of people say, I believe it, but they're not living it. Uh, Jesus said this, the thief, meaning the devil, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And here's the promise. I came that they may have, have life and have it abundantly. I came that they may have life, but not just life, abundant life, abundant life. And what does that mean? The word abundant uh, is a Greek word and the New Testament's written in Greek. And it's a Greek word that means beyond extraordinary, beyond extraordinary. So here's what Jesus promised me. Here's what Jesus, listen, here's what he promised you. I'm gonna not just give you life when you commit yourself to me and open up to my love, I am going to give you beyond extraordinary. I'm not even going to give you extraordinary. I'm going to give you beyond extraordinary. And so you know what you'd never say? If you're living this, your life's never going to be ordinary. It's never going to just be okay. It's going to be beyond extraordinary. And that's the life that God wants you to have. Now, here's what another promise says that goes with that one. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, this is what the scriptures mean. Let's stop right there. This is what the scriptures mean. So what does the Bible mean? What do the scriptures mean? When they say, no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. You guys, what is this saying? It's saying that it's beyond description, beyond imagination. And I'm gonna be talking to you about something that I can't describe to you, but I can tell you, you can experience and that's what the scriptures are telling you. When you study the Bible, by the way, when you study Isaiah, you're going to see awesome things, awesome things in Isaiah. And, and it's going to bring you to a place that it's beyond description and beyond imagination. And God wants that for you. So here's the question I want to ask. How is life for you? How is life right now in this crisis? How is life right now in this time that you're living in? The season we're experiencing is it life that is beyond? Is it beyond extraordinary, beyond description, and beyond imagination? And if it isn't, then probably you feel like something's missing. Now, maybe you're a person who's never met Jesus, but you know something's missing. Maybe. Maybe you're a Christian and you're just like, I've got this dissonance within you. Something's missing. Because I'm not sure that would describe me, a life that's beyond. Beyond ordinary, beyond description, beyond imagination. But let me promise you this, promise you this. 
when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, this is what happens. Now, here's what I want you to know, is that the Bible teaches when anybody's a Christian, and so if you're not a Christian, listen, uh, when someone's a Christian, that means that you have committed your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You, you do that by praying a prayer, a very sincere prayer, telling him that you accept his love. You want the gift of forgiveness that, that comes from what he did for you on the cross, and that you're ready to trust him with your heart, and with your life, and you're ready to grow in a love relationship with him. And, and when you pray the prayer and mean it, and then Jesus said, if you really mean it, you got to make it known. And we're going to talk about how you could do that in a minute, that, that God gives you the gift of the Holy Spirit. So if you're not a Christian, God's promised that gift to you. And the Holy Spirit is actually God. It's God who's come as the Spirit to be with you and inside you and upon you. But what if you're a Christian? The Bible teaches, and we're going to show this this week in the coming weeks, that when you're a Christian, you get the gift of the Spirit, but what you need to do is experience the filling of the Holy Spirit repeatedly. In other words, it's not a one-time act. It's something that comes again and again and again and again as we open up to what I'm going to call the flow of the Spirit and actually more accurately, the overflow of the Spirit. Overflowing in power, taking over, experiential. And, and you know what's happening. You know what's happening. And when that happens and it begins to happen repeatedly, your life becomes beyond extraordinary, beyond description, and beyond imagination. And that's what God wants for you. So the key to this, the key to having this happen is to actually have the Holy Spirit. And Jesus wants you to be filled with the Spirit. Listen to what Jesus said, the, the filling of the Holy Spirit's life. Is in John chapter 7, verse 37. Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone's thirsty. Before I go on, I want to stop there. Are you thirsty? Do you hunger and thirst for righteousness? Do you hunger and thirst for the Spirit? Do you hunger and thirst for more? Because if not, what I'm about to read to you is not going to happen. But Jesus said, if you are, hey, all of you who thirst for everything God has for you, he says, let him come to me and drink. And then it says this, he says, he who believes in me, this, this is a key part of this we're going to get to uh, in the, this study. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of what? What was Jesus talking about that comes from your innermost being? He goes, this he spoke of the spirit whom those who believed in him, you got to really believe him. Those who believed in him were to receive for the spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, now what I want you to think about is that uh, Jesus said to you that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, when the Holy Spirit's in you, it's going to be like rivers of living water, not a river, not a stream, not a trickle, not you turn on the faucet and a few drops. He said, it's going to be like rivers. So I want you to think about that. I want to show you a video. Here's a river. Uh, this is just a river. It's a beautiful river. But is this what your life is like, like a river? Or is it like rivers? And, and, and it goes a little more than that. Go to the next one, you guys, and pop that on. So this is like rivers coming together. But here in the United States, we have a better picture of what Jesus is talking about. And it's this. 
It's the Niagara Falls. And, and I want you to think about that. Niagara Falls is where rivers come together. Rivers merge together. And this is incredible what happens. As a matter of fact, think about this. Uh, when we talk about Niagara Falls, it's where 264,000 square miles of water plunge over the falls. Uh, and they come into a great thunderous flow. And they come from the rivers. Uh, they come from uh, different lakes that feed into it to eventually become the Niagara River. And when that happens and they hit this fall, they go 160 feet to the bottom, raging, roaring, moving. Is that me? That's what Jesus said it's supposed to be like. Chuck, it's not a pond where the Spirit just comes and resides in you. Chuck, it's not a river where it just kind of flows. Chuck, it's rivers that come and thunder and move and lift and, 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 and you stand in awe. You stand there just like something's happening that's far beyond anything I could, I could psych up or produce. That's what Jesus is promising. Something beyond extraordinary. The Niagara Fall of moving of the Holy Spirit. The Niagara River turning into the falls, going 160 feet over with power. And it's something that's just what Jesus wants for you. So is the Spirit a roaring river of life that, that is moving in you? Or are you doing something pretty incredible? Quenching the Holy Spirit in its flow. Stopping it from happening. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 19 says this, do not quench the Spirit, which by the way means you can't. It means you could quench the Holy Spirit. But he said, I don't want you to quench the Holy Spirit. And, and see, so I want to ask you this question. Is that what's happening in your life? Are you shutting off the power source or not connecting to the power source or not experiencing the power source? I want you to think about that. Um, I, I, uh, I, I, when I was a little kid, I remember I couldn't wait to get a great car. I, I just kept thinking that, man, my dad had a Mustang, and when I got older, I wanted a cool car. And by the way, I want to say this, uh, God has blessed me, and we've done some things we should do, so now we have this cool car. That's my Jeep. Uh, Pam, my wife, for all you guys who want to know, my wife has a Jeep, and on the Jeep is a bumper that's a, 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 she has a license plate that says Pammy Boo. And, and I was driving her car one day and I went to get gas for her and I pull in the gas station and I'm in this big Jeep with the license plate, Pammy Boo, and she has all these girly things dingling in it. And this guy pulls up behind me and gets out and he just goes, there is no way you're a Pammy Boo. I, I, and I don't hope I'm not. Okay, she can be that, I'm not. But here's the thing, this is my Jeep. And I love that Jeep. So what if, what if you and I were hanging out and I said, hey, you wanna go to the store? And you're like, yeah. So go, come on, hop in the Jeep. And so we go get in the Jeep and I, I say to you, you know what? Uh, this isn't going to work. Come on, hop out. We're going to push the Jeep to the store. So you and I are pushing my Jeep and pushing it. And by the way, that Jeep is heavy. And, and we're pushing it, pushing it. And, and then we got to go uphill. And I go, I'm going to hop in. And you push it uphill. And you're about dying. And, and we finally get out. And you look at me and go, what are we doing? So we're going to the store. I go, man, this is horrible. I said, well, we got to go home and we're going to fill this Jeep with groceries. It's going to be heavier. And now it's filled with groceries and, and, and we buy a lot of stuff for the food bank, by the way. And so we push it over to Crossroads to give uh, uh, food to the food bank and we go pushing it to my house. And, and finally, after a while, you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Man, this is tiring. This is painful. This is sad. And you know what? It would be. 
But when you hop into this baby and you turn the key and that engine kicks in, man, it's like the best ride ever, but it's got to have the power. See, what I'm asking you is, you'd all say, it doesn't make sense to have that car and try to push it all around. In the same way, it doesn't make any sense if you're a follower of Christ, a Christian, a Christ follower, for you try to live life without the power of the Holy Spirit. You're pushing your way through and it's tiring. You're lifting problems and carrying them on your own and you're weary. And Jesus said, don't do that. He said, come to me if you're laboring and you're weary and you're tired and I'll give you rest and I'm going to give you power because I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit that emanates out like rivers of living water and God wants that for you and he has that for you. But you know what you got to do? You might have to turn on the engine or maybe you need to shift gears. Uh, Pam and I, when we were doing Next Gen Ministry, uh, our ministry was growing. We were part of a small church, but the ministry was growing and growing. More and more students were coming. And so we said, all right, we're going to do it. So we traded in our car and we got a a van so we could carry more students and and get them to church and from church and to trips and things like that. So the day we bought the van, we just started calling up people saying, you want to go to the beach? Want to go to the beach? And and they all flooded in. Uh, This is before, again, seatbelt laws and all that. We pack as many kids in the van as we have. They were having a blast. We're driving down the road, listening to music, get to the beach. And we had a blast. Then it's time to go home. I'm so excited to drive my new van home. And I get in and it's packed with kids and we start to drive and that engine is just roaring. The the temperature on it's starting to go up to get too hot. Pam goes, something's wrong. I said, I know something's wrong. Even the kids are like, oh, are we gonna make it? And as we're driving, it's heated up. It's not even going smoothly. It's roaring loud, so it's no fun. I mean, it was a torturous trip home. And I kept thinking, am I gonna make it? Am I gonna make it? Am I gonna make it? And I also kept thinking, man, I, we're out all this money. I don't know if they'll take the van back. I don't know if we, we were young parents and I don't know if we can pay to fix it. And, and now we had this really good car and now we got this and, and I'm all worried and stressed. And, and we pull in the church parking lot and a bunch of parents are there. And I look over and I see one of the fathers and he's a mechanic. And I, I walk up and he goes, man, that smells weird. And I said, I know. And I said, I, I mean, I'm bummed out. This is my, my, it's a new van to me. And man, I don't know, the engine sounded horrible. And he goes, let me take a look. He walks over, pops the hood, looks at it. It's definitely way too hot. He gets inside. uh, He starts it up. He starts driving it around the parking lot and everything's fine. And I just thought just a minute ago, it sounded like it's going to explode and it's fine. And he gets out and walks over to me and he's laughing. He goes, Chuck, you had it in second gear. You didn't have it in drive. I had it in the wrong gear. And when I was in the wrong gear, it was creating worry and anxiety and pain and ruining our ride and messing everything up and heating up and about to ruin everything. Because I was right, I was in the wrong gear. But if I could have just shifted up one shift from two to drive, it would have been the best ride ever. Let me ask you a question. Are you in the wrong gear right now? Maybe you're not allowing the flow of the Spirit to move. Maybe you're not allowing everything God has to come. 
And maybe you haven't truly surrendered completely and said, Lord, not my will, but your will be done, which is a huge key to experiencing the filling of the Holy Spirit. You see, that is what Jesus wants for you. And when you do that, it's a life that, it, that still faces challenges, but you have power that's not from you, that's beyond you, that's beyond extraordinary, beyond description, beyond imagination. And, and that's what it's supposed to be like. What is the, the Christian life supposed to look like? It's an Ephesians 3.20 life that says this in Ephesians 3.20. Now to him, to Jesus, who is able to do far more abundantly, far more abundantly, beyond, beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. So how does he do far more abundantly beyond all, beyond all? It's according to the power that works within us. Is the power of the Holy Spirit working in you? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Is it rivers of living water unleashed, unleashed? Uh, I don't know how many of you would know this name. It's Oswald Chambers. Uh, I would think many of you do know it. Oswald Chambers was a pastor who uh, ended up writing a devotional, great devotional, by the way, called My Utmost for His Highest. Uh, it's sold Every year, thousands, if not millions of copies. Um, Oswald Chambers is a, um, a huge force of faith in the history of the church. So whether you've heard of him or not, you need to know that. But Oswald Chambers was, not almost, was almost not Oswald Chambers. He almost wasn't that man. He had become a Christian, but it wasn't working. He had become a Christian, and he wasn't experiencing what he should. And listen to what he says. He talks about those early days. And he said, God used me those years for the conversion of souls, but I had no conscious communion with him. Listen to what else he wrote. The Bible was the dullest, most uninteresting book in existence. I'm going to stop there before I read on what he said. He goes, I was a Christian, but the Bible was boring. It was dull. As a matter of fact, of all the books I'd ever read, it was the most uninteresting, dullest book there was. Let's get honest together right now. Some of you feel that way. When I talk about reading the Bible and being enveloped in it and, and pouring into it, when I talk about studying Isaiah for uh, all 66 chapters and how incredible it would be, do you actually, just, just get honest, let's be real. Do you go, that, that really doesn't sound good. I don't enjoy reading the Bible. I don't understand it. I get bored. My mind wanders. And that's what Oswald Chambers said his life was like. And then he goes on to say this, the Bible was the dullest, most uninteresting book in existence. And the sense of depravity, the vileness, and the bad motiveness of my nature was terrific. In other words, the longer he was living, the more his motives were impure and he knew it. He said, I see now that God was taking me by the light of the Holy Spirit in his word through every ramification of my being. And he goes, the last three months of those years, things reached a climax and I was getting very desperate. I knew no one who had what I wanted. In fact, I didn't even know what I wanted, but I knew this, that if this was all there was to being a Christian, then Christianity was a fraud. Boy, that's, that's brave to write and brave to say. But he said it. 
Some of you deep down, I think you might say that. I've got enough cognitive dissonance in here that I hear about people who say Christianity is the greatest life you could ever live, and for me it's not. And I hope you don't give up. I hope you listen and lean in. You might be like this guy, Oswald Chambers, and say, I think it's not for real. I think it's a lie. And by the way, it's not. It's not. But it's because something's missing. Something huge is missing to everything that matters. And so what he writes next is this. Then, in the midst of all of that, in the midst of the Bible being boring and me thinking Christianity is not true, then Luke eleven thirteen, Luke chapter eleven thirteen, got a hold of me where Jesus is speaking. And Jesus said, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Notice the how much more. Jesus said, how much more? Shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Wait, what? But if you're already a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. He said, no, 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 no. Jesus said, how much more when you ask for more? How much more when you ask for that filling? How much more? And Oswald Chambers realized, I'm not doing that. I'm not asking for that. I'm not thirsting for that. Jesus said, what? If anyone's thirsty, Chambers is saying here, I can't stand this. I'm thirsting for something more. And then I read, what am I supposed to do? Ask God for it. And then he said this. He said, it made an incredible difference, a revolutionary difference, a beyond extraordinary difference. He said, if the four previous years had been hell on earth, these five years since, and by the way, notice for five years, he said, here's what happened. It's been truly heaven on earth. Glory be to God. The last aching human abyss of the human heart is filled with overflowing with the love of God. Love from the beginning, love in the middle, love in the end. And he, after he comes, after the Holy Spirit comes, all you can see is Jesus, Jesus only, and Jesus ever. And he said, man, I got to tell you, five years, not a day, not a week, not every now and then, five years of amazement, five years of beyond extraordinary, five years of beyond imagination, beyond description. He experienced it. He experienced it. See, what happens to you when you're filled with the Holy Spirit? Uh, I, I want to give you a list. By the way, this isn't all, but let me just tell you what's going to happen. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to find it's harder to sin. Something makes it more difficult to sin. You can, but the Holy Spirit is so there that it's harder to do it. And then uh, when you do, you immediately know you did. I mean, it's like, oh, I, I, that wasn't okay. That word I said, that, that text I sent, that thing I put out, that, that, that groan I made. So it's harder to sin. It's easier to do the right thing. You just find yourself wanting to do the right thing and something moving you to that. Uh, the word of God comes alive to you. It starts leaping off the page. I, that's my, my go-to. When I, I'm filled with the spirit and I go to read the word, it's like they, I just can't get enough. And if I'm sitting there and my mind starts wandering, I go, uh-oh, Lord, I, I, I didn't even notice. But I want it back. I want him back. I want the filling back and I want him back. 
And then you find yourself this, you want to care for and love others. There's something inside you makes you want to go love people. And then you find God comforting you. You're comforted by God and you could sense his presence and his comfort. And then you're wanting to pray more. Uh, you just want to pray more and you know what to pray for. Like all of a sudden there's promptings in your mind. Pray for this, pray for this, pray for this. And then here's what gets even cool about that. You start getting more answers. You start finding your prayers get answered. Even, this kind of fall out, get ready. Even prayers you haven't prayed, you get answered prayer to. Why? Because the Holy Spirit intercedes for you. And you're like, whoa, that was the very thing I was hoping and wanting. And it's like, oh, the Holy Spirit interceded. And he brought that prayer request to God and God said, yes. Uh, then you find yourself praising God more and deeper and, and, and with more emotion. And you find joy that's beyond circumstances. And you have a peace that passes understanding. Joy beyond circumstances. A peace that passes understanding. The Bible coming alive. Prayer being powerful. Experiential with answers coming not sinning as much and finding it harder too. Finding yourself filled with the love of God. That's what the filling of the Holy Spirit is. That's what I want you to experience. And, and what I would call that is you get a high that's better than drugs and way better than alcohol because the Holy Spirit comes. And when he comes, he flows like rivers of living water. Uh, v. Raymond Edmond was the president of Wheaton College. He, uh, he experienced the filling of the Holy Spirit. And he felt like it was the secret that no one talked about back in his day. So he began to study on it and found how many people, some of them very well-known Christians, some of them great Christians, but not as well-known, who, uh, who said the key, the key is the filling of the Holy Spirit. And, and so he began, he wrote a book called They Found the Secret. You might want to get that book. It's on Amazon. They Found the Secret by V. Raymond Edmund. And he said, I found out that the filling of the Holy Spirit is what he would call the exchanged life. It's where you go from living your ordinary, normal life to exchanging it for the beyond extraordinary, beyond description, beyond imagination. And what he's talking about is the filling of the Holy Spirit. Listen to what he says. What is it like? What is it like to have that exchanged life, that filling of the Holy Spirit? He goes, really, it's not something, it's someone. And the someone is Jesus. It is the indwelling of the Lord Jesus Christ made real and rewarding by the Holy Spirit. There's no more glorious reality in all the world. It is life with a capital L. I love that. It's life with a capital L. And I would say this, it's a life with a capital L-I-F-E. It goes capitalized. It's new life for the old. It's rejoicing for weariness, radiance for dreariness. It's strength for weakness and steadfastness and steadiness for uncertainty. Wouldn't that feel good right now? Wouldn't that feel good in this season to have steadiness and steadfastness for uncertainty? It's triumph even through tears and tenderness of heart instead of touchiness. <laughs> Boy, do I, I just resonate when he said that. Tenderness of heart instead of being touchy and irritable. It is lowliness of spirit instead of self-exaltation and loveliness of life because of the presence of the altogether lovely one. He goes, adjectives, 
can be multiplied to describe it. And they're abundant, overflowing, overcoming, all-pervading, satisfying, joyous, victorious. But each one is an aspect of the life that can be experienced but not fully explained. Said the Savior, he's quoting Jesus. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. And we find newness of life in Christ by receiving him as our own savior from the penalty of our sin. And abundance of life we find by surrendering self and drawing on the unfailing resources of the Almighty through the Holy Spirit. There is life. Raymond said there is life and there's the exchanged life, the more abundant life. And he goes, this is what I want you to have. And where does it all begin? And by the way, where does it all end? What is the beginning, the middle of the end of experiencing the filling of the Holy Spirit? It's Jesus who promised to give him to us, who promised to send him to us, who told us if we ask, we'll receive. And in 2 Peter, Peter talks about this. He says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. In the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord, grace and peace are not just added to you, they're multiplied to you. Seeing that his divine power is granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these, Jesus has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises that they become real. Not just that you say they're true, they really are true. So that by them, you may become partakers of the divine nature, the Holy Spirit, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. It's all Jesus. Jesus wants this for you. Jesus promised this to you. Jesus, Jesus will give it. He'll pour the Spirit upon you. This is for you. There's no reason you shouldn't live this way. No reason this shouldn't be the experience of your life. The only thing that would stop it is you not choosing to truly commit and open up to Jesus and then do what we're going to tell you to do in the coming weeks where you actually ask for the filling, believing in the filling, experience the filling of the Holy Spirit. It's for you. And we're in a time where right now I think people need it more than ever. And I want it for you. I want it for me, but I want it for you. I mean, I really want it for you. So where we're going to start and where we have to start is where are you with Jesus? Do you know his love? Can you honestly say he's your Lord and your Savior? Lord means that he's the maximum authority of your life. You live for him. Uh, you, you have committed and surrendered your life to him. You'll do whatever he says if he's Lord. And then when he's Lord, he becomes your savior who saves you from sin, saves you from hurt, saves you from pain, saves you from waste. A life that's wasted. Who lifts you out of weariness, gives you strength, fills you with love and joy and peace, and shows you goodness. It's for you. It's so for you. But what do you need to do? You need to be 100% committed to him. Why? Because he'll be 100% committed to you. Jesus warned about not being halfway, not being half-hearted, not being lukewarm. It's got to be real. So right now, there are some of you who already have that. You have what Jesus wants for you, 
and he wants it even more for you. And if that's you, I want you to pray for others who are watching right now that need to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you're here. You've never, ever opened your heart to him. You've never experienced him. Or maybe you, at one point you did, you prayed a prayer, but nothing happened. And now it needs to be real. Now it could be alive. Now it could be beyond extraordinary. So I'm going to pray for you in a minute that you will pray a prayer with me and commit your life to him. Maybe you're a Christian. And you're either backslidden, you've gotten far from God, or it's just kind of slowly ebbed away. And you're not even sure you're that different than if you weren't a Christian. But you know what? Jesus wants you back. Jesus loves you. Even if you've messed up, he loves you. By the way, even when you're your worst, he loves you. And he died on the cross so you could know his love and you could know life and you could know joy and you could know peace and you could know strength in times you need it. So right now, I want to do this. I want you to think about, are you ready to open up to him? Would you say these words? I want to give my life to Christ. And I want the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's welcome here. The Holy Spirit's welcome in me. I I want all of this. And so we're going to have a song sung right now that says that. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. And I want you in this time to sit, to watch the words, maybe to pray the words. Yeah, do that. Pray the words. Say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. And then after the song, I want to I pray for you. And then I want to pray with you. And, and I'm going to ask you to do two things. One, if you want to commit your life to Christ, uh, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me and then text AMEN, which means for real, to 69922. Uh, grab your phones and get ready to do that. Grab your iPad, your computer. And here's why. Jesus said those two steps that begin it all is you pray the prayer and then you publicly make it known. And this is a way you can publicly make it known. Maybe while the song is on, you're like, I'm going to do this. Go ahead and text it ahead of time. You, by the way, might want to do that alone. You could do it as a married couple, a dating couple. You could do it as friends. You could do it as a whole family. But if you're ready to say yes to Jesus for the very first time, get ready to pray that prayer with me and text amen. By the way, for some of you, you need to recommit. You're not experiencing everything God has for you. You're not experiencing his love. You're holding back and and actually here's the sad thing, you're holding out on you. It's time to shift the gear. It's time to turn on the engine. It's time for it to happen. And what I want you to do is during this song is pray those words, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. And then I want you to text, amen. I'm gonna lead the prayer. I want you to pray the prayer with us, but I want you to text, amen. Father, I want to pray right now for the people out there that that I love and I care about. I don't even know everybody, but I do care. And oh, how I want them to know your love, how I want them to know the life you have for them. I want them to know, God, everything that they're supposed to be experiencing. So I pray right now, I pray right now for your spirit to touch them. For them to, no matter where they are, Lord, you're, you're not bound by space or time. So no matter where they are, we pray. I know a bunch of people are praying with me. We pray for some to come to know you for the first time. We pray for some to recommit. And I pray for a person who this week, they had such hope for this week and everything's gone wrong. It's not even over yet, and it just feels like everything's gone wrong. And they need you, and they need your love. And and Lord, they need your comfort. 
They need to be comforted right now by you. I pray they're going to they're gonna text right now and then they're going to pray that prayer. I pray for a couple whose marriage right now has been stretched and strained. And uh, both of them are sitting wondering why'd they ever get married? And yet they used to love each other. I pray they're going to pray this prayer. I pray for some children out there who, Lord, their parents are, they just want something better for them and and they are hearing this and and hoping their parents say yes. I pray, Lord, they're going to pray this prayer. So Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come fill this place, the place of our hearts, the place of our lives that we might know you, know your love. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. Tasted and seen of the sweetest of love when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit.
to be overcome by your presence, Lord. To be overcome by your presence. For some right now, I'm hoping that's about to happen and is happening. That they'd be overcome by your presence. So fill them. Show them your glory and your love. Right now, I'm going to lead that prayer. And if you're ready to say yes to Jesus, I'm going to ask you to pray it with me. I really know there's some of you out there. This is your moment. This is your time. God knew it would be. God knew you'd be watching. God knew you'd have this moment. He's right there with you. And he's waiting for you to call out to him. And I want you to do this. I want you to actually pray the prayer. You could do it alone. You could do it with someone else, but pray the prayer. Say, Lord Jesus. Actually say, Lord Jesus. I know you love me. And I know you died on the cross for me. You died for my sins. I pray you'll forgive me and cleanse me from all my sin. I pray you'll heal me from hurt and from pain. I pray you'll free me from anything that holds me down or holds me back. But most of all, I pray you'll make me yours. I pray you'll make me alive. And I pray you'll make me brand new. So I say yes. If those are the only words you can say, say it. Say, I say yes. I say yes. I say yes to you. And I say yes to the life you have for me. So take me now and make me yours. In Jesus' name. And here's the word. Amen. Amen means the truth. It means for real. It means I mean it. And by the way, right now, if you have it, text in amen to us. Text it in so we can get back to you. And by the way, we are going to get back to you. So I, I want you to do this. Interact with us. We're not going to keep you long. We're not going to share your information with anybody else. We just want to interact with you. Then we're going to send things to you to help you get closer to God and grow in him. And, and we just want to connect with you and care about you. This is too important a time in your life to not be connected to a church that cares about you and loves you. And we want Crossroads to be your home. And for those who have texted in, praise God. And if you haven't yet, go ahead, do it now. And, and I'm, I just am so excited for you. But anyway, we're in the coming weeks, we're going to talk about how to be filled. We laid the foundation right now with Jesus, pointed to what's going to happen. And in the coming weeks on Wednesday nights, how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then I also want to remind you on Sundays, get in the game. Uh, this weekend, we have Dr. Carolyn Leaf. <laughs> She's going to blow you away. She's amazing. Get people to watch with you with that. And don't forget, please don't forget, because I want it for you. Order your journal, Isaiah Journal, now. Like right away, go to Amazon, search Chuck Boer and order the Isaiah, the journal, the book of the King. And I, I cannot wait to take you and I on a journey to see what Isaiah saw and experience what Isaiah experienced. So all that I want for you. But as we end tonight, may God's filling be upon you. May his peace be upon you. May his joy be upon you. And may you know he loves you. And so may his love fill you. God bless you.